Coming up next. My job description, uh, Kim, is I I help people smile every day. That is essentially what I do. And I can't believe I get paid to do that. The Job Talk podcast shares stories from people who are passionate and love what they do in their careers. Through conversation, we explore their careers, past work experiences, and the education that got them to where they are now. We are putting together a Career Crisis Ultimate interview series. We are asking experts to give their best advice and guidance around work anxiety, career pressures, career goal setting, and ultimately career transformation. To learn more about this special interview series and get notified when it's available, please visit our webpage at thejobtalk.com slash help. Today's guest is Dr. Sunny Leon. Here's our job talk with an orthodontist. I think if you look at all of the careers, being an orthodontist is probably pretty high on a parent's list for their, their kid. What was your dream career when you were a kid? Oh man, well, I, I mean, like like any uh, Edmonton boy, I, I always uh, hoped that I would uh, make the Edmonton Oilers and play in the NHL, uh, and I think that's what I told my mom, and she just rolled her eyes. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, um, I I actually had uh, braces when I was younger. Um, I'll, I'll be able to share a picture with you of of what I looked like uh, when I was younger. My my teeth were high up. So um, the canine teeth were high up uh, and the kids on the playground, whenever I would smile, I, they would call me the, the vampire kid. And, you know, being, being an immigrant uh, to Canada, I didn't even know what the heck a vampire was. So I looked it up in, in the encyclopedia because that's what we had to do back then. There was no Google and I, it was not great. And so I was super embarrassed. You know, I, I didn't like my smile at all. Not very confident. So yeah. mom realized that as moms do, um, because they have a sixth sense for everything. And then uh, she lo- loved me enough that she brought me into an orthodontist and they started fixing my smile. And then I would say in about maybe a, a month or two, uh, those canines, those fangs, they came down. Yeah. And then after that, the kids no longer teased me uh, on the playground. And I, I felt like, wow, you know what? Man, um, I, I love the confidence that I have now. Uh, and I feel real good about myself uh, and smiling big in the whole thing. Uh, so I, I went up to mom and I told her, you know, I was 14 at the time, had my braces on. Um, I, I presented the the Euler uh, career option and she didn't like that. So I told her, you know, as an alternative, to, as an alternative mom, I think I might want to be an orthodontist one day. And she said, son, I'll support you on that one. And you know what? Uh, I, I've been in the field now for Oh gosh, sixteen years. Uh, I still feel like the new kid on the block. But uh, but anyway, that, that's how it went for me. It was, it was very personal. Uh, yeah. I share that story with a lot of my patients um, because I, I don't know. I, I think as doctors, sometimes we feel like we can't open up, um, you know, that that story and, and get too personal. But uh, I'm not that type of doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, you were an immigrant to Canada. Where where were you born? Well, you know, I, I tell everybody um, that uh, I, I came from Malaysia because uh, everybody knows what where Malaysia is. I actually came from a, a small country uh, near Malaysia called Brunei. Um, so, uh, yeah, we uh, born there in 1980, and then mom and dad uh, were thinking, well, you know what? I, I think we got to go somewhere for a better life. And dad had um, um, dad had a brother 
already in Canada. And, and dad was an oil guy, right? So where in Canada do you go uh, where there's oil? Well, <laughs> you go to Edmonton. <laughs> yes, so, for sure. So we, we, we touched down, oh gosh, in uh, February of all months, February, uh, yeah. cul de sac uh, in uh, 1981. And uh, I remember my parents telling me, well, you know, we'll, we'll give it a try for about a week. If we don't yeah. like it, we'll go home. And okay. uh, we, we haven't looked back. What was your first post-secondary experience after leaving grade 12? Oh, gosh. Um, well, you know, I, I, I knew, obviously, at age 14 that I wanted to go into dental or ortho. Um, but I didn't know if I was ever going to get there. So I, they, uh, much like in life with everything, uh, they throw obstacles your way and, uh, they require you to take all these science courses that you may or may not care about. So physics, chemistry, um, you know, biology, statistics, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, and, uh, so I, I did that for the first couple of years. Uh, I, whenever my friends told me what I was taking at the university, I would always sexy it up and say, yeah, I'm taking pre-dentistry. <laughs> it just sounds so good, but it's just, it's just science courses. Right. Um, but anyway, I did that for two years and I, I, I don't know, I felt, I felt a little lost. Um, I, I just felt like I, I was learning stuff, but it wasn't applicable to life. So I pivoted actually. Um, and, uh, did something a little bit more near and dear to my heart. I love people, uh, and I love helping people. So, uh, I actually applied uh, to both pharmacy, uh, and, and to nursing. And, um, I, I actually, I got into both and then I decided, you know, the better fit for me, uh, actually was nursing. So, uh, I, I was in, uh, at nursing at the U of A, um, uh, prior to that. Uh, and did about a year uh, and loved it. I, I got to see patients, uh, uh, you know, not just as a, as a set of teeth, as, uh, you know, some, some people think dentists look at, but uh, as an individual and as a whole. Uh, so did that for a year, and then I got a call. <laughs> I got a call from a dental school in New York, in Buffalo, New York. And they said, uh, son, uh, we like you. Uh, why don't you come on down and interview and then we'll see where it goes. So uh, my dad and I, we went all the way down to Buffalo, New York uh, in the middle of February. Uh, and then I did my interview. And then about maybe a week or two uh, later, uh, I got an envelope in the mail. And it wasn't a small envelope because the ones that are small, you know that you didn't get in. Uh, it was one of the bigger ones. So I opened it. And it said, welcome to the University of Buffalo Dental School. And I ran outside in the middle of February and I, <laughs> I just screamed as loud as I could because that was one of the happiest days of my life. So yeah, I, Buffalo isn't exactly a hotspot city either for climate. What's it like being a Canadian and going to university in the United States? Oh, you know, um, it, it was pretty cool. You know, Buffalo, it, it's close to Toronto. It's close to the border, right? So in a way, it's a little bit like Canada. Uh, you know, they got a lot of snow there, but they actually like their hockey, which which is great with me. Um, so I spent four years at Buffalo. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Met people from all parts of the world, uh, you know, from the States, from Canada, because it was a border town. There were a lot of Canadians there too, but uh, from abroad. I mean, there was one from Egypt, one from China, one from India. Just, just great. 
Um, so did that uh, for four years uh, and, and uh, finished the degree there. And then I knew that I wanted to do ortho, but they don't teach you that much about orthodontics. It's like a hidden secret. I don't know why. Um, so anyway, uh, I, um, I applied to the University of Florida. Uh, so I, I actually was a gator. Uh, for for a year, it was awesome because uh, I uh, you know got to learn about orthodontics. But I also got to golf in January and February, uh, and they, they feel it's too cold when it's fifteen degrees Celsius down there. So it was great. Um, so went down there, uh, lived my Florida life for a year, and then and decided, hey, you know what? I really like this ortho stuff. So applied everywhere, um, and uh, then eventually got into the University of Minnesota. Uh, and that's in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. So uh, that that one is very, very much like Edmonton, like E-Town, because they love their hockey. Every high school has a hockey team. Uh, they got their big mall, Mall of America, um, and they got the change of season. So I, I felt like I felt like I was back home. But but even there, um, you know, even though I was in the States, it, it still sort of felt like Canada ish. Um, but it really, really opens up your eyes. Uh, to to the world and um, you know I was very very fortunate not only to uh, study uh, but to see uh, you know and experience life as well so not only did I grow up uh, as a person um, but I was able to do that while um, you know putting dental knowledge into my brain. <laughs> it, is it common like do you have to study dentistry first and I think the designation is DDS is that correct when you graduate from yeah, dental yeah. school? Doctor of Dental Surgery. Uh, they also have DMD, Doctor of Dental, um, Medical Dental or something like that. But uh, but yeah, so um, you have to be a dentist first. So it takes about four years. Uh, you, you graduate from uh, a dental school in North America. And then afterwards, then you can specialize. So, um, you know, I did four years. You do the math, did the four years of my dental school. I uh, did the one year of my fellowship, orthodontic fellowship, and then did two years in Minnesota for my actual residency. So that's, what is that, seven right there? Yeah. Um, and then I did three years of undergrad at the university. Uh, so two years of the uh, <laughs> pre-dentistry <laughs> and yeah. then one, one year of the, of the nursing. So all in all, it was uh, 10 years in. Um, but, uh, you know, that pales in comparison to my wife. She's a Ph.D., in animal sciences and she was in school for about 13 years <laughs> oh wow yeah um with orthodontics when you're studying it what kind what, what's the workload like first of all do people have part-time jobs when they're studying to become an orthodontist or are you just inundated with studying and it's how stressful is it well you know it, it was a two-year program so um you had uh, not only did you have patients to take care of you had research that you got to do and just so many, um, so many articles that you got to read to to up your game. Uh, so I, I personally didn't have time to do that, and I, I don't think my my student visa. Uh, I think it was illegal uh, for me to. <laughs> oh, was uh, it? You just have to concentrate on being a student. Well, in, in the states, because I just have a student visa, I can't really do anything. So, yeah. um, but I, I I did get a little bit of um, money for teaching. Uh, I, I enjoy teaching, uh, you know, and I did teach at the U of A, but in Minnesota, I did teach a little bit. So they pay you a little bit for that uh, yeah. as well. But it, it, it was, um, yeah, it was a full-time full -time job and then some. Um, so I, I, I was not able to work. I don't think most residents are able to. 
Um, and if they can, then they're, they're made of something special. Yeah. And what, what are the courses like when you're going through, uh, studying to be an orthodontist? What, what courses are you literally taking? Yeah. Well, you know, in dental, you're, you're learning a lot about the anatomy, uh, of not only just the, the head and neck, which is where you are, but the entire body. Like we actually had to do, um, uh, dissections on cadavers because, uh, we were like medical students really. Um, so your first two years in dental school, you're learning a lot of medical stuff, pharmacology, physiology, and, and all that, just to give you the basis. Uh, and then, and then you get more into the dental in your in your uh, third and fourth year, uh, where you're actually treating patients and, and and doing all that stuff. So it's a slow build. Uh, some people get frustrated in the first couple of years because it's a lot of med stuff. But you know, I, I guess it's um, it, it's good to know that stuff. Not that I know, not that I can remember all that stuff right now. Um, but you know, I sure did at the time. And then in orthodontics, it's it's all about you know uh, how to straighten teeth and and how to get there. There's so many ways to get there. Uh, just like uh, I always joke, there's so many ways to get to West Edmonton Mall. Okay, you want to do you want to take the White Mind? You want to take the Henday? Okay, you want to <laughs> go down one seventieth? There's so many ways to get there, and you'll find that it's such a gray zone uh in, in in dental and in orthodontics so if somebody tells you that there's one way to do it there isn't <laughs> yeah are you in saint paul or minneapolis when you're you know i was down? living in saint paul but uh the the twin cities campus was in it was in minneapolis so you know a huge city uh i love it like i said just reminding me of of edmonton uh all over and i think I think the, the, that being the last stop for me in Minneapolis was good. Because could you imagine if my last stop was in Florida? Do you think I'd, <laughs> you think I'd be motivated to come back home? I don't know. <laughs> Do they know that there is a, a large mall in Edmonton, the people of Minnesota? Uh, they they do uh, um, they do and they they know that the Germanians, uh, the ones that built West Edmonton Mall, also built the Mall of America. Okay. Um, so they, they do, they, they, they know us as, um, uh, the, the, the town that Wayne Gretzky played in and, uh, and, and the fact that we got a big old mall, uh, they, they think their mall is a lot sexier than ours, but you know, I don't know. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you return to Edmonton. Let's start, let's catch up to, could you talk a little bit about your practice now and the work that you're doing now? Yeah, well, if you were to go back in chronological order, yeah, um, yeah, I came back to Edmonton, and um, I, I, and and I'll, I'll be honest, I got nothing here to hide, and I think that part of the part of the journey is um, is not only success but also failures, right? Uh, I think through failure, uh, you find out who what you're made of, and you become an even stronger individual later. So, I came back to Edmonton, and uh, you know there was an orthodontist at the time. Uh, no names uh, that I was talking to, and uh, you know we were thinking of um, of partnering up, which was which was great. Um, and then um, before, just before we were, I was about to start. Um, he called me up on the Sunday and uh, told me I was supposed to start on the Monday. And he said, you know, I had a change of heart, had a change of heart, and uh, you know, I um, I don't think uh, that we're gonna do this uh, practice thing uh, together anymore. So um, I flabbergasted. I came back home, and it was supposed to be a great homecoming. Um, but as soon as I came back home, uh, I, I got, uh, I guess, um, got let go, 
And I, I probably was the uh, North America's first ever unemployed orthodontist. I'll be honest with you. It was not, not, not a dubious label to have, but yeah. there I was, 10 years of education, ready to rock and roll, ready to straighten teeth, and then didn't have a job. So I was like, oh my gosh, it was a gut punch. Um, but anyway, uh, what happened was um, word had it on the street that there was a practice, a dental practice uh, in Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately that, that dentist suffered a stroke, uh, three years prior to, and, and was in uh, nursing care, 24 seven nursing care could not practice anymore. So I went and visited the practice, smaller practice, but it's all right. Um, and liked it. Uh, I never went to Fort Saskatchewan before. I didn't even know where the heck it was. I thought it was in Saskatchewan, but, uh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, um, bought that practice <clears throat> and flipped it in a month. It became a general practice to an orthodontic practice. And then I remember my first day, uh, I was happy as hell because I had one patient in the morning, one in the afternoon, and I was just beyond myself. I couldn't believe that there were people that actually wanted to see me. Um, so I remember pulling the open sign that day uh, when we opened and I still have pictures of that day. So that, that was how the journey started. Um, and then you learn your systems, uh, you figure out about business, which is another story. Uh, you know, they don't teach you much about business in orthodontic school. Uh, and then two years later, I, I, uh, I'm from North Edmonton. Uh, so I decided to, to open up a practice near uh, where I was uh, um, raised in, in North Edmonton. So I did that. Uh, so in two years, I had one office uh, in Fort Saskatchewan and then another in North Edmonton. It's almost like baptism by fire. Uh, and sometimes when you do those things when you're young, it's probably better that way because I think when you're a little bit older, you just overthink it, you know, too much risk. Oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. But at that time, I didn't care. Um, and uh, what I what happened was in Fort Saskatchewan, um, I started believing in myself. You know, you have doubts. Uh, are you ready to have your own business? Are you ready to treat patients? You don't know. Um, but it went so well in Fort Saskatchewan that, um, you know, I got my, my mojo, uh, on and, um, and then just went from there. So did that for about, oh, I don't know, about a decade, decade plus. And then I get a call one day and it's from, um, the brother of an orthodontist in South Edmonton, uh, Dr. Darcy Dietz. And his brother calls me, um, cause I knew Darcy and he said, you know what? Uh, my brother just passed away <laughs> and we, we think that you're a good fit um, for the office. It's the right personality and everything. Um, Sonny, uh, could you help us? And there were like four or 500 patients in treatment. And I was like, you know what? I, I can't, I can't let them down. Um, it's just, it's just in me to help. And uh, so I uh, did help out and then it went really, really well. They embraced us in South Edmonton. And decide, hey, you know what? Let's take let let's help them out. So, uh, in, in in the last fifteen years, now we got three offices, believe it or not, um, and um, and that's just how the story went. Um, but you know, from from unemployed down on his luck uh, to where where I am right now, um, you know, I, I'm very very fortunate. Uh, it it uh, definitely should have happened to somebody uh, a lot smarter and probably better looking. No, come on. How, <laughs> how are you succeeding with the business side of things? Cause you're an orthodontist. That's, that's what 
you do, but you yeah. also have to run a business. And yeah, do you have somebody helping you out with with that side of things? How does oh, that work? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I have a a lovely name, a lovely friend. Um, I can call her friend now, uh, and colleague by the name of Daphne Such. So believe it or not, um, she is here in Edmonton, but she's an orthodontic consultant. So uh, she knows about the business side. She's been in orthodontics for about 30 plus years now. Um, and uh, I was briefly working with her at the office I was supposed to join, but remember I got let go. So I met her and said, hey, you know what? Um, I, I, I really liked her. So we just started talking about it. And that's how the dream grew. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I know the teeth stuff. Well, I mean, you, you think you know the teeth stuff, of course, uh, but you really don't know much about the business side. But uh, me and Daphne, we just put our heads together and just grew that thing organically. Um, I, I think it also helps if you have some business sense uh, and, and, you know, obviously people skill as well. Um, uh, to be honest with you, uh, you know, a lot of my friends ask me, well, how do you run three practices or three successful businesses? Uh, like, where'd you get that learning from? I, it's a dumb, dumb answer, but I think part of it was uh, just my upbringing and the fact that I was involved in students union uh, in high school. Uh, I was the students union president, right? Um, and so you have to run that thing like a business. You have people that you have to um, organize events that you have to pull out uh, and you have a budget. Um, so little did I know uh, <laughs> that when I was in high school, it was slowly but surely training me um, to to do the business side of things uh, and, and marketing as well, which is, I, I enjoy it. I really do. There's not a lot of um, dentists out there that do enjoy it, but um, I, I, I do. So a little bit different, but I had help from Daphne and myself and I have a lovely associate by the name of Dr. Justin Kim. Uh, he just became partner. He just made partner with me a month ago. Um, so uh, I, there's no way that one guy could want run three uh, uh, offices like that. So he takes care of a couple. Uh, I'm mostly in the South Side one right now, but it, it does take a team effort. Um, and uh, you know, I uh, I acknowledge that and 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 love them both. Let's talk about you hinted at it, but let's talk about some of the mentors that you've worked with over the years, and maybe you can talk about what what they taught you? What were some of the best lessons that a mentor taught you? Well, <laughs> well, um, I, I'm thinking back at it right now. There's, there's, there's one, there's many mentors along the way. So my apologies if I don't uh, give a shout out to all of them, but uh, there was, there was one in particular, uh, non-dental. Uh, she actually, uh, Barb Duralami, she was my junior high gym teacher in Rosland. Uh, up north, and <laughs> you're like, where does this, where's this going? So anyway, I was, I was a decent, I was a really good student, okay, uh, and I studied maybe a little bit more than I should have, um, but I got, I got really good grades because that's just what you do. Uh, I don't know, maybe as an Asian kid, an immigrant kid, I'm not sure, right? But um, that, that's what I did. So I graduated top of my class uh, and was about to leave uh, for high school, and I bump into Barb. Uh, in the hallway. And she says, Sonny, come over here. I have something to tell you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barb, what, what, what do you, what do you want to say to me? It's like, she's like, I know you're going to be successful one day. I was like, okay, well, thanks. Um, but I just want you to know there's more to life than just books. 
I, I, I really think that uh, where you're going to grow is if you uh, have more of a balanced life, play some sports, uh, get involved, volunteer. Um, and uh, if you do that, uh, you're going to be uh, stronger than you ever know. And you're going to be even more successful. So it, it took me back because she essentially told me, you can be, you can be better. What kind of grade nine, what kind of high school or junior high uh, teacher takes their pupil aside and says, you can be better, but she challenged me and I accepted that challenge. So in high school, uh, yeah, I was still good in the books, but man, I played sports like I never played before. Volleyball, uh, floor hockey, handball, badminton, you name it. Uh, I got involved in uh, the awards committee. Um, I was the MC. My gosh, like I never really talked in front of people before, but I was the MC in, in the award ceremony and eventually had the kahunas enough to run for student body president. And had it not been for that moment um, with Barb back in the day, I don't think you'd be, I don't think I would be half the man that I am right now. Uh, so she definitely was just so instrumental. And shout out to all those teachers out there. Um, what you say matters. Uh, and sometimes what you say is not, not easy and it's difficult, um, but you do it out of love. And um, Barb, I love you. Uh, and I, I think of you a, a lot. Yeah, I have three kids and I often tell them that the priorities should be school, playing minor sports and then work because my oldest has a part-time job at a fast food restaurant yep. and she gets stressed out with, with her job. And I keep telling her that you need to have the experiences of playing minor sports and then worry about working when you graduate from grade 12, because the rest of your life, it's all about work. So I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads me you know what and good for her for for um dipping her toes into uh into working life that young you know yeah. I, I did too my 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 first job believe it or not kim um i was what the hell was it? i was in grade 10 i was 15 at the time and i just applied to some random job uh a student's uh student's job for the summertime and it was uh, <laughs> it was door-to-door -door sales uh, I was selling greeting cards before there were greeting cards in the dollar store. So I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. Right. Uh, but here I am selling these greeting cards for like $16 and you get three greeting cards, which is a ripoff now. Right. When you think about it, because you would dollar store and get one, one for a dollar or two for a dollar. Um, but anyway, it, it made me, it made me, uh, realize the, um, the, not the importance of money, but how hard it can be to make that dollar. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're doing door to door, Kim, like you got to make sure that you're able to present your product very clearly, uh, and in 30 seconds, or you get that door shut in your face. So, uh, I, I think that's, again, it helped me with business as a business individual right now, a business owner, because uh, you're having to make those connections out in the world with, with general dentists who are your referrals or, or, um, you know, uh, people like yourself. Uh, yeah. But, you know, th those lessons that I learned when I was 15, uh, 16, like they were so instrumental, so key um, into building uh, me where I am right now. What are some obvious misconceptions about orthodontists out there? Um, that, uh, 
that they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like orthodontists are smart people, but I, I think they're sometimes too smart. <laughs> um, I think we forget sometimes that we're dealing with people. So I think um, sometimes they come across as, uh, you know, maybe a little bit cold, maybe, maybe too smart. Uh, the other perception I, I think is like, oh man, you're working in somebody's mouth. Isn't that gross? Uh, I mean, when you say it like that, yeah, maybe. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, my job description, uh, Kim, is I, I help people smile every day. Yeah. That is essentially what I do. And <clears throat> I can't believe I get paid to do that. Right? Um, <clears throat> not only are you giving them a smile, you're giving them self-confidence. <clears throat> you're helping them maybe uncover uh, the individual, the person that they want to be, and they can't do that because um, they were afraid of their smile. And I'll share with my picture afterwards uh, what I looked like before. Um, but it makes a difference. It really does. So to be honest with you, it's not about teeth. It's not about teeth. It's about people and 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 watching them grow. Could Actually, that's a good segue into, could you describe your most successful orthodontic case? Oh man, I, you know I don't I don't know if I have a most successful one, um, but I, I, okay yeah. There, so there was one kid. Um, I, she also went to Roslyn Junior High. I, I actually reached out to Barb, uh, my teacher, my mentor, uh, and I said, "Hey Barb, you know um, I, I wanna I wanna do some uh, a free orthodontic case to somebody uh, at the school." that that we both went to uh and uh i want to do it because it's the right thing to do uh so and i want to choose somebody who maybe does not have the economic means uh to pay for this uh so just giving it back right so we did choose uh one patient and her teeth was a mess um she was very very shy uh hated to smile had a good heart of course um, so anyway, we presented it to her as she was super, super excited, just beyond thrilled that she was getting orthodontic treatment for free. And uh, I watched, uh, we fixed her teeth, uh, made her smile uh, to a point where she was able to blossom. Wow. And she was um, uh, a lot more confident, a lot more stronger. Uh, and the work, that, the work that we did for that one patient, um, it just uh, helped her. But, you know, honestly, like it helped me. It helped me, uh, and um, it uh, it made me uh, decide that you know what, um, it, you know it's not about the money. We're all going to do well, okay? It's going to be okay. But if you can help those that are less fortunate, so for example, um, right now uh, I am the uh, the the uh, the Western Chair uh, for this um, organization called Smiles for Canada. So essentially, uh, we're treating all Canadian kids all across the country. They submit online. Uh, their photos and their economic situation. Uh, and then uh, my committee looks at it and determines, well, who rightfully so deserves this. So um, that I've been with the organization now for about, I think, five, six years. And we have treated successfully over 400 uh, deserving uh, young kids uh, in Canada and, and giving them gave them the smile. So um, for all those out there listening, um, you know, if um, if you want the best smile for your kid, but you can't necessarily afford it, go to smiles uh, for the number four Canada.ca and, and submit. 
and you never know. You never know. Yeah. Giving back. I love it. You've also traveled the world providing volunteer dental work as well. Yeah. Could you yeah. talk about some of your experiences with that? Yeah, you know, uh, it was in dental school and um, I got selected to go to a dental volunteer trip in Belize, believe it or not. Um, so we went there and I didn't tell my mom at the time, um, but uh, we were working out of a prison. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think she still knows, so I hope she's not listening. Uh, but we were, working out, we were working out of a prison and we're given, um, you know, uh, and, and look, I, I don't know what they did to, to be in there, but they're still people and they still deserve dental care. So uh, we did volunteer dental work in there and it, it was great. It filled my heart and it made me decide that, hey, you know what, regardless of what I do in the future, private practice, whatever, there has to be that component of it um, to, to, to make it for me just to keep it real and to remind us that, you know, this is why we do what we do. Uh, so from that one, then uh, there is an organi organization here in Canada called Kindness in Action. Um, and so uh, Dr. Dave Maskell, a really good friend of mine, a dentist, a previous dentist in Redwater, a huge Euler fan, by the way, too. Uh, we connected and um, he and I, uh, my wife as well, and some of my other friends, we've been on about eight dental volunteer trips uh, over the last decade plus, uh, you know, to Guatemala. Uh, Peru, been to Cambodia, Nicaragua, uh, Belize again, Colombia, you name it. We're, we're thinking about heading to Ecuador at some point. So you go down there and it really changes your perception on things. You know, um, you know the people down there, they don't got much. Uh, in fact, they, they walk to your clinic bare feet sometimes for three days because we're out in the sticks. Okay. We're out in the jungles and, and all that. And they, if you don't provide the dental care for them, um, then they don't see a dentist. And, uh, you know, some of the strongest patients I've ever seen were from out there. I mean, there was a kid, I think I was removing maybe four or five decayed teeth on him. So if you don't remove them, it's going to be a huge infection. His health is going to decline and all that. So we had to get those things out. So um, we, were we were not able to numb him up just because he had so much infection. So I actually did remove the teeth. Um, I, I don't know if he was anesthetized fully. We tried our best, but we did remove all the teeth and um, he took it like a champ. Yeah, there was a tear rolling down his eye, um, but we did all five and he gave me a hug afterwards. And I was like, my gosh, this five-year-old can do that. Uh, you know, I tweak a tooth on a patient here and they start crying. <laughs> I was like, wow, their pain threshold is something else. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it's stories like that, uh, things like that, that remind you, you know, this is what we do, what we do. Um, yeah. and, and those those volunteer trips out there are fun. You know, if there are any, any dentists listening to this, too, um, I would invite you uh, to Kindness in Action. It's a great way to meet lifelong friends. You have to close your clinic down for about a week or two, um, which means that you're not making any money. But you know what? Uh, what my best friend, Jeff Stewart. Uh, from Rig Hand Distillery in Leduc, you know, what he told me one day was, you know, it's just money. <laughs> I laughed him at it at the time, but it's so true. Um, but what we get out of those volunteer trips is more than any any money that you can make ever, um, because it does fill up your cup with uh, with you know uh, with love and and gratitude. That's amazing. When when you look over your entire career, has there been any surprises to you? 
Um, I just like personal surprises or just like yeah. about the career or just like about my journey or what do you think? Anything unexpected that you experienced that you never thought you would have if, when you decided to become an orthodontist? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I always like helping people, but I, you know, going into orthodontics, a, a lot of orthodontists are private practice meaning that they got to run a business. Uh, they have to hire employees, uh, answer the phone like I did when I didn't have any employees when I first started. I think the business side of it uh, was something that it's in the back of your mind, but you don't know um, too much about it. Uh, and, you know, luckily enough, I had that training in high school with the students union and whatnot. It really did prep me for some of those journeys and some of the things that we had to face and challenge. But I think the business aspect of it um, is something that uh, a lot of not just orthodontists, but general dentists in, in, in particular, really don't think much about. It takes time. Uh, and if you don't have the skill, uh, you know, I would recommend getting a consultant like I did um, so that they can sort of show you the ropes. Uh, you're, look, you're going to make mistakes either way, but it, at least uh, you can uh, make some of those mistakes while trying your hardest to be, you know, a, a really, really good business owner. So I think that that was one aspect. And the other aspect, too, is just like, look, I'm not the same orthodontist I was 15 years ago. You know, back in the day, uh, you <laughs> you were putting brace one by one on teeth, uh, and uh, you were you had molds or models of your teeth, and you're trying to look at them. So it's so different now. Everything has gone digital. So instead of having molds that I'm holding in my hand, it, it's I have a digital mold. So we we 3D scan your teeth. We don't use that goopy crap and put in your mouth that everybody hates, right? We 3D scan your teeth. It goes on my iPad and literally I play a video game. I tell my patients all the time, the kids love it. I play a video game like Roblox with your teeth and design your smile. And then once we do that, if we're using the Invisalign, the robots actually 3D print, you know, these Invisalign traits for you and, and get your teeth straighter. And then when you say that, they're like, what? Even the parents who had uh, brace, they were brace face back in the day. They're like, holy cow, things have changed. And, and and even now too, we're not even using the same metal braces. For me, again, you have to be um, you have to uh, embrace technology, and I, I'm more of an earlier adopter. So we're actually doing 3D printed braces that are custom printed to the anatomy of every single tooth that you have. Uh, and and so to me, it's like a, a video game every day, and um, and you're using technology to deliver. Uh, dental care and orthodontic care that was, you know, way faster, way more efficient than it was before. So the other part is just being um, a lifelong le learner. You know, it, like you don't want to be the same dentist. You don't want to be the same orthodontist that you were five years ago. You have to keep on pushing the needle and getting better and better. So I think um, just just having continuing education and, you know, going to meetings uh, learning new techniques, having the uh, having the courage to actually do those and implement them. And I think that's another thing that has uh, kept my mind really, really sharp. And it just keeps the the um, uh, the job, uh, the career uh, more interesting because it's forever changing. Right. Yeah. Can you summarize what you love about being an orthodontist? Oh, man. I mean, that, that's a loaded question, but honestly, it, it's the people 
And, and like I said, I, my job description is to, to um, give them the best smile possible uh, and, and to help them smile every day. But you, you see these young kids, they, they, they grow up, they have their personalities, uh, they, they end up getting married, uh, and they send you their wedding photos. And you're like, man, that smile I made for them, that's with them forever. And I, I was with them on one of the most important days of their life. So just being able to see that and, and connect with them, even many, many years later, some still come back to the office, they give me a hug. Uh, and, uh, you know, they were so short before, but they're, they're way taller than, than, uh, than me at this point. It doesn't take much, by the way, okay? Uh, but just to see them grow and, and become the people that they, uh, uh, that they, that they want to become, uh, and express their full potential. And to know that I was just a small part of that, uh, you know, that, that, that is very, very satisfying as a healthcare professional. Um, there's no other better feeling, uh, than to know that you did good. Well, through all your volunteer work and the practice that you're doing now, thank you for making this world a better place. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast for us today. Really appreciated it. Well, I appreciate it, Kim. And, uh, you know, if there are any, any, anybody has any questions out there and, you know, we're talking about mentors, uh, before in closing, um, if there's anybody out there that thinks, Hey, you know what, maybe, maybe orthodontics might be for me. Maybe, maybe that dream might come true. Uh, my, my dentist at the time, uh, Dr. Bruce Newman out of St. Albert, he took me under his wing and let me volunteer at his clinic. Um, I, I actually uh, did approach uh, another dentist who was my dentist when I was young. And uh, he, he, uh, I asked him if I could just volunteer because I think it's when you're young, you just need to expose yourself to a lot of things. But he actually did not let me volunteer at his office, which was surprising now. Uh, he told me that uh, my, my grades weren't, uh, weren't, weren't, weren't high enough. So, you know, when you're a 17 year old and your dentist tells you that, you're thinking, oh my gosh, well, maybe I can't be a dentist one day, right? So uh, I was in nursing at the time. I met Bruce uh, while I was doing first aid. And I just, you know, I just desperate because I wanted to be a dentist and orthodontist so bad, but I just didn't have anybody there to mentor me. So I just asked him, hey, Bruce, um, you know, I could pay you if you want, whatever you want. Could I just come to your office and just see what dentistry is all about? And he's like, sure. I'm like, what? You're going to let me come to your office? He's like, yeah. Why don't you come, uh, come next Friday? So I did. And, um, you know, we ended up being really, really good friends, but he, he took me under his wing. Uh, and I think that's what we need more of is just to say, hey, you shouldn't judge these kids. You don't know what potential that they have, right? Um, so to Bruce out there, again, much love. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Um, but uh, just having those mentors out there. So uh, if there's anybody out there that might think that they might want to consider orthodontics as a career or nursing or something, um, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Let them know that you, you heard me on, on this lovely po podcast here. And you never know. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it is for you. And that's great. And maybe it's not for you, but it gets you thinking about your future. Uh, I, I think that uh, that would be one, one of my lasting legacies that I'd like to, to, to leave to everybody. It's just, you know what, just, let's just all try to help one another and, um, and, and just try to 
to to build those kids up you know when they're when they're very young like that because they sometimes don't know uh what they can achieve but you just have to believe in them right just take that step it's not that much it doesn't cost you much uh, but just i don't know if you can just just do it right and, and kim like yourself have you had uh, a lot of have you been a mentor or have you had a lot of mentors along the way to to um, bring you to this position because you know who um who leaves their their job of 20 30 years at nate to do a podcast right yeah <laughs> a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> what's yours done <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And hopefully maybe uh, in 2023, we'll be celebrating a Stanley Cup win by the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, here we go. Drop that puck. <laughs> Let's get started. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, Oilers. <laughs> thanks, Dr. Sonny. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to the Job Talk podcast. For more information, please visit us at thejobtalk.com. Our podcast music was created by our friend Mike Malone in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada.